The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. My powers have doubled since the last time we met Count. Hey! Suffering. Death! dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's jealous. He's holding me back. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Aren't the droids we're looking for? Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. Do my only help. Hello there. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. I, 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 Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, wa-wa-wee-wa, Jedi, Sith, Mandalorians, Twi'leks, Wookiees, clones, both regs and Bad Batch alike. And yes, all you trans-doshians as well, because this is an inclusive podcast. To another episode of the new Force Order. For Podcast. We are, you are... A Star Wars podcast. If you have not realized that by now, Sunshine. I don't know what else I can tell you except that beam you down, Scotty. Right down into special ed class because there is no hope for you. And Doc, for those individuals who do not have the ability of acquiring any hope, what can they not do? They can't build rebellions. Because... Rebellions are built on hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Rebellions are built on hope. That is correct. I concur with the doctor, just like I always do, because he is equally as intelligent as he is handsome. But allow me to reintroduce myself first, and I'll blow him afterwards. I am a professional wrestler. Multi-time champion in a galaxy far, far away. I am current heavyweight champion in three different promotions. The governor of real town, not a citizen of Leg Slap City. Currently bringing the Alpha and Omega Inevitable Tour nation worldwide, galaxy wide. I am a Star Wars aficionado. I am your boy. Greek God Papadon, a.k.a. G-G-P. Now, 
alongside with me, I have the distinct honor and pleasure of riding the galaxy in under 12 parsecs. So suck it, Chewie. Suck it, Han. Our ship is faster. First and foremost, it's the Sith ghost in the room. He's a great individual. <laughs> um, introduce yourself, sir. But first, do what you do best. Hit him with the, hey, yo. Hey, yo. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the talk lord of the podcast, the Sith Ari, the rampaging Reverend Kiss, the butcher, the most disgruntled Star Wars fan in the galaxy, your boy Spiro. And last, because we always save the best for last. It is the Doctor of Thundernomics. The man who gets off on stealing your thunder more than he enjoys getting off on your girl after he steals her. Introduce yourself, sir. I am smarter than 2-1-B, more technical than FX7, the god of stealing thunder. And the man who felt a great disturbance in the force, as if millions of pointlessly bickering voices on Facebook suddenly cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. Dr. Destroyo, Alex Roy. Why is that, sir? All oh, the big Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp destruction of uh, 2021, as we're calling it. <laughs> I saw a meme that said, with all that stuff that crashed and came crumbling down for, I don't know, five, six hours, seven hours, whatever it was, people in the gym would actually finish their sets in a timely manner now, as opposed to being on their phone in between sets. I thought it was hysterical. And true. Most of our Star Wars fans don't know what a gym is, but it's okay. I am not judging you, you fat bastards. Anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, let's get listen, down listen, to listen, let's get down to brass tacks. I want to I want to talk about something that that Go ahead, actually you take the I, lead, sir. I didn't even mention to you already, okay? Which um my my dad, okay? My my dad um who is um he's a massive sci-fi fan, but I, I wouldn't say that he's the biggest Star Wars fan. He enjoys a different franchise in a different galaxy Uh-oh. in a different uh time. Babylon um, 5. He does enjoy that one too, but no. But you know, he's more of a Star Trek guy. Okay, uh, I told him. Yeah, I, I said I said no! down to where he's got to go there for the academy. Um, and uh, he called me uh, about three or four days ago with this, you know, the typical Arroyo. I had I'm 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 holding something over your head. That I'm gonna bust your balls about, you know, that I've inherited. Oh. Um, yeah, which was great, and I could hear him laughing in the background. He's like, <laughs> I'm like, oh god, I'm like, what is it, Dad? Uh, well, speaking of, I forgot to pick up his halter monitor today and bring it to the cardiologist. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Actually, no, I won't do it tomorrow because I got Comic Con. Sorry, Dad. Anyway, um, hold on, mm-hmm. Dad. It' gonna be bumpy uh, ride. It' gonna be bumpy ride. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic story. That's a great story. I pop on listen to the show from that week. It was good. Anyway, um, he informed me that um, apparently it was been announced that um, the Enterprise's own Captain uh, James T. Kirk. I know where you're going AKA, with this. A.K.A. Um, William Shatner will be going into outer space 
actual outer space, not where he goes when he takes his medicine. Um, as the uh, you know the apparently if he gets if he gets up there because I don't know if Shatner can get it up anymore, but as the oldest man of all time to go into outer space at the ripe old age of ninety, Kirk is fucking ninety. Can you imagine? Dude, he looks great for a ninety-year-old. Yeah, I have, to, I have to fact check that because I have a hard time believing he's actually ninety. He looks like he's seventy, to be honest with you. And to be honest with you, I mean, I mean, granted, he's a little heavier, but at ninety years old, your metabolism isn't what it used to be. He's fucking I'm, nine, dude. He's fucking ninety years old. Yeah, man, that is crazy. I should get for banging all the different colored bitches of the my, rainbow. My grandmother's ninety-one. She don't look anything like Kirk. Holy crap! I hope that's not. impressive, dude. Yeah. Listen, two that's things. A, Number one. Number one. What did Spock say when he looked in Kirk's toilet? He said um, uh, something about number two. <laughs> Captain's log. <laughs> <laughs> number two. Did you know Jim Lee got his name Jim after James T. Kirk? That's even funnier. That's his did English you know name. That, did you know that Jim isn't his real Chinese name? His, his Korean name? He's Korean? Or, I thought he was Chinese. What? Whatever he is, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Whatever. It is what it is. The guy Iceberg, makes Goldberg, uh, same thing. Yeah, same thing. Well, one thing we definitely do know. Another individual who's not 90, but he is equally uh, as pleasant to look as because he has aged gracefully, is Mark Hamill. And we're going to get into the segment we call Mark Hamill and his funky tweets. Because it's full of sweet sensation and good vibration. I don't even know if that's in the song anymore. I keep forgetting. But anyway, it works. Allow me to let the people know. Mark Hamill at Hamill himself on Twitter is a wordsmith and a national treasure. In less than 140 characters, this individual wins the hearts of millions. And millions. He's with the millions. Of Star Wars fans. And people alike. So what happened? There was a story going on. And there's a story going around. And he's done this a million times. He's very humble. He doesn't do shit for the spotlight. But the tweet goes like this. There's an individual by the name of Emmett. Right? At is super Eba. Whatever the hell that means. And he says, everything I learned about at Hamill himself. Jobs proves to me that he's at least top five people in the world. Now, the reason why he said that is because there was a story going around by another individual by the name of Soul Wrangler. He goes, I used to work at a restaurant. One of our servers was obsessed with Star Wars. Like, if you knew nothing about this dude, you knew he loves Star Wars. The rest- he, he, walked with a lights- he walked with a lightsaber up his ass. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, the Jimmy, light- is that a lightsaber in your ass? Are you happy to see me? I'm happy to see you, Doc. And it's a lightsaber in my ass. <laughs> this restaurant was relatively close to a film studio. And one day, Mark Hamill came in for lunch. Said uh, said server would not be in until 3 p.m. And he missed him. Someone in the kitchen told him about it. And he was sad. But what do you do? So after the dinner rush, he's wrapping cutlery. At the service station, and a hostess comes up and says, You've got a visitor. And it's Mark Hamill. Oh, goose, 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 goose. Yeah. 
This server at lunch, oh, his server at lunch told him about this huge Star Wars fan. So he came back during a shooting break to sign an autograph or two and take some pictures and give him some sweet swag. Swag. Mark <laughs> Hamill is a good person. Saggy balls? What happened? Yeah, he gave me saggy nutsack. Oh. So, dude. Hey, hey, kid. You want to see my lightsaber? Yeah. Hello? Yo, can, I lost you for a second. Sorry. Can, can you hear me? I'm here. Yeah. So, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, is it no surprise to you, Doc? It's no surprise. I mean, let, let, let's, let's, let, let's go down the Rolodex of actors who would actually do something like that. Uh, nobody except Mark Hamill. Um, because he's cool fucking beans. Um, like, think about it, really. Is, is anybody who, you know, who's having lunch at some restaurant, some shitty fucking Denny's getting the, you know, the Grand Slam fucking breakfast, going to walk back after their shift and after their shit to do that? That's no, not going to happen. I mean, come on. And not a guy like Mark Campbell, who's as famous as he is and as known as he is. But did he have to do that? Nope. But did he do it because he's Mark Campbell? That's the reason. And this is why the guy is a national treasure. And also another reason why Star Wars is better than Star Trek. 100%. Kirk ain't doing that shit. Unless he figured out his pampers there. Unless he's doing Priceline commercials. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. T.J. Hooker. Nice. You think he's going to You think he's gonna try to jump over the rocket like he does the hood of the car? Break a hip? <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> oh, God. That's fucking 90. That's that, that blowing my mind. Listen. Uh, you know what else blew my mind? The filming of Mando season three has already started. Yes, but it started without a specific person. Enrico Palazzo. Enrico Palazzo. That's not the umpire, Your Honor. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. As predicted, um, we know that uh, um, our boy Pedro Pascal is busy doing The Last of Us, which is the uh, zombie show for um, Netflix or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. Whatever, whatever streaming service is going to be uh, oh, HBO. producing that. HBO, Netflix, Hulu, Peacock. I got them all. It doesn't matter. I feel like fucking Thanos of fucking streaming services. Um and uh, he is uh, nowhere to be found, apparently, um, which really speaks to the fact that do they really need him that much to kind of get this done? I mean, for the most part, especially the first two seasons, he was under the hood, under the mask and um, really didn't show his face. Yeah, we had his voice, which you could do the voice stuff at any point, any time um, later on. We know that already. So it's not like you need to stick around for that. But, um, yeah, you know, the fact that he's not there and we know there was a little bit of beef here and there may go a long way for uh, what the uh, rest of this um, you know, this series and this show is going to be doing, so I don't know What's beef? Beef is when you need two guests to go to sleep Beef is when you roll 30 deep You got beef, a biggie Beef is when I see you, you'll be in ICU when it's through I check this, what's beef? Beef is when you need two guests to go to sleep Beef is when your moms ain't safe up in the streets is when I see you, guaranteed to be in ICU. One more time, what's beef? Beef is when you make your enemies start your G. Beef 
is one year old, no less than 30 deep. Deep is one I see you. Guaranteed to be your I see you. Check it. Anyhow, put pop, that in. Pop um, a big, pop a big. That's right, baby, baby. Anyway, uh, well, he's not there, like you said. Uh, no Pedro for you. Even though you voted for Pedro, he's not there. Okay. Yeah, cool. we'll vote for we, Pedro. <laughs> oh, we don't got, need him. We don't need a Pedro. We got Villano five, six, and seven underneath the hoods. We're good to go, buddy. Forget it. Pedro could fix it in post with his voice. That's fine. And when we do need him for a scene or two, they'll be probably the last scenes they're going to film anyway at the end of March. Because right now, they're scheduled to film till March. They started last week, according to Bestman Bulletin. But yeah. even though there's no Pedro, allegedly there is an actor from Rebels. That has been spotted on the set of the Mandalorian. Now I know what you're saying. Acting in be- Rebels, a cartoon? Exactly, a voice actor. His name is Kevin McKidd. Not Kevin McAllister, Home Alone, but Kevin McKidd. Kevin! Now he he was seen hanging around on the sound stages in Cali. Um the train spotting, he was in train spotting along with Hugh and McGregor. And Grey's Anatomy star voiced the Mandalorian Fen Rao in the animated series. Um, he only appeared in it for like seven episodes, eight episodes, whatever it was. But we we are going to be Mandalorian heavy this season, in my opinion, because we have to put the tension between Bo-Katan and Din Djarin. So we have Casca Reeves, we have Axe Wolves, we have Boba Fett. Then Rao, I could see him coming aboard. Some other known Mandalorians, maybe a Saxon if he's still alive or a descendant. Who knows? I mean, I would love to see a Game of Thrones type of series with all the different houses on Mandalorian. All house, the Mandalorian houses. House of Mandalore. And exactly, brother. Be like the House of Mandalore. You know what I mean? Mm. What do you think? Yeah. Um, um, w- we know... That we're going to see some drama when it comes to the the, the helmeted crew at this at this point. So it's it's really not a secret. Um, they could bring anybody they need to bring aboard. We've already seen them, you know, with Katie Sackoff bring somebody from the cartoons into live action, which trans transitioned pretty well. No reason why they can't do it again. So um, if this kid is going to be on there for this, good on you. But if not, uh, who, who gives a shit? Honestly, I I think they're going to give us a good product regardless. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, there are talks, speculations, innuendos, and sexual Nintendos right now that Gina Carano is greenlit to go into season four of The Mandalorian. Now, this rumors and speculations is going to be a time jump. She might be, who knows, in the last shot of season three, leading into season four like a cliffhanger. We have no idea. But rumors are heavy from many sources on the interwebs. This really sounds like the biggest like load of bullshit to me at all. I think I think one person probably mentioned this and said it and you know threw it out there and now everybody else is picking it up like it's gospel. I honestly think it's total. Bullshit. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you mean if it's not on the internet, it's not true? No. I have you not realized that already? Like really? How old are you, Papa Don? Oh, gosh. Oh. It's time How to get that on? COVID. Va- time to get that COVID vaccine. Um, <laughs> no thanks. Uh, it's you know total bullshit. I mean, I, 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 Disney fired her for a particular reason. If they had a you know a parting of ways for money or for whatever, 
you know, silly reason that they that they did. Okay, so I said, okay, no problem. I could see her coming back. I could see this being, you know, an, an easy sell. But you know, with the you know the woke is broke agenda and what how how things went down with her, I, I really don't see her her coming back because you know as 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 Lucy would have to do, you know, you you got a lot of explaining to do. Listen, she'll be back. You know why? Because it makes sense. If it makes sense, it makes dollars, and everybody wants her back. All the fans are saying on Twitter about this. They've all jumped on the bandwagon, like you said, singing to high heavens about welcome back, Gina. Can't believe you're not in season three. We miss you. Yada yada yada. Basically jerking her gherkin. But regardless, listen, listen. Remember, everybody doesn't want her back. There's a lot of people who call for her fucking head when everything went down. So, yeah, I understand that. But they, you know, when time passes, something happens. Hey, people forget. Hey, I mean, look hey, at James hey, Gunn. It ain't that much time that passed yet. It's, well, it's she so, didn't really so do anything wrong, things. in my opinion. I, I know. I, I know you feel that way. Um, and I kind of partially feel did, that way as well. Did she do something in bad taste, thinking there wasn't going to be any repercussions? Yeah. But at the same time, whatever. Anyhow, let's move along here, guy. But one thing we can show, we know for a fact. Well, we don't know for it. Well, actually, no, we do know for a fact. Because it's very, 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 very. It's like we got 11. We're going to double down in 21 in Blackjack. It is the premiere date of your boy and my boy. And not Shane Helms' boy. Hello there. Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi shall be opening up. They believe, they believe that it's actually going to precede Andor and come out before Andor, despite the fact that Andor, I think they both finish about the same time. But the date that we've gotten is a special date in Star Wars history. You know, it's always Star Wars Day, my parents' anniversary, apparently the day that I was conceived. (laughs) That's the reason why I'm a Star Wars fan. May the 4th, 2022. This year... They dropped Bad Batch. I can definitely see them dropping Kenobi next year. They're going to drop something. I can tell you that. That's for sure. Absolutely. Um, And I'm pretty sure it will be Kenobi. Six episodes. Or is it eight episodes? Six episodes, I believe it is. One hour each. Most anticipated. We should do a who's more over. What's more anticipated? What's more over? The anticipation for Andor? I mean, uh, for Kenobi? Or the anticipation for uh, Boba Fett? Mm, It's a good over. And speaking of over, oh, we're there already. No, but we could. All right, uh, no, let, let's let's finish the news. Come on. All right, all right, all right. Let's keep all it together, right. kids. Keep all it together, right, kids. Right. Listen, speaking of Obi Wan Kenobi news, um, an article came out saying that Obi Wan Kenobi can follow in the Mandalorian to save the prequels. That was the title. Like the prequel Ooh. needs savings. Yeah, that's that's some fucking uh, that's a statement, eh? Yeah. They're saying that the, the series has, a, uh, has the opportunity to further flesh out the Obi-Wan-Anakin dynamic in live action, which we heard many times from Kathleen Kennedy herself, Spiro's wet dream, that there's going to be the rematch of the century between Anakin and Obi-Wan in the series. They're saying that um, bringing characters from the prequels to live action after Clone Wars, like Rex and Cody, where they're not just cannon fodder like they were in the prequels, but now that they have gravitas, like you like to say, Doc, and they have some kind of relevancy, uh, and they have charisma and characteristics, and they are individuals, not part of just background uh, clones, 
now that they can come to the limelight and showcase some more, that it will add more to the prequels when you rewatch them now. What's your take on this, Doc? Of course. I mean, this is why the prequels are better now than they were when they first came out, because we have so much backstory between all of them. And we see so so much of that fleshed, like you said, fleshed out. Um, it just makes sense that they could touch upon all these characters that they have. You know, I, listen, they have six episodes. Um, that's not a ton of time. It is six hours. That's, you know, granted. But the amount of things that we need to see in there that we need, you know, the shit that we got to get in is going to be a lot. So I think they really it's going to be to their benefit if they try to move this story along and not try to, you know, bog it down with a thousand other cameos and fan service and and shit of all these people that they want to throw inside there. You know what we want to see? We want to see him protecting Luke. We want to see him and his PTSD. And we want to see him and the Vader stuff. So, you know, that that in and of itself will, will probably give us six episodes. Um, it's how they space them out and they go from there. If they give me any fucking filler episodes, I'm going to be pretty pissed off. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't give a shit about Toshi Station and, and the power converters. <laughs> it's Toshi, you prick. Um, were you a friend of Mary Jade? Mara Jade. So Mara Jade. Uh, so I was more of a fan when I was married to a redhead. Now that I'm divorced from a redhead and paying a significant amount of money to her, I'm less fan of I'm less of a fan of every single redhead that is in existence, except Jessica Rabbit. Um, but yes, uh, in 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 as so much of the fact that I thought she was a very good, you know, at that at that time she was probably the best non movie character that was ever out there. Um, when she was being written in those in those in those books and those comics, um, she was uh, the perfect antithesis to Luke, and you know eventually the perfect uh, you know love interest for him as well, and also secretly one of the Emperor's um, biggest weapons in his uh, rise to power as the Emperor's hand, as she was known as, not because she gave him you know the rub and tug <laughs> the rub and tug after massage, but because she. Was, she got the shit done. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Well, the only reason why I ask is because there's a theory going around that even though Mara Jade's not canon, like Revan, Kira may be the next Mara Jade. Yep. She yep. might be Mara Jade esque or Mara Jade adjacent because mm. she's now training under Maul. So she's Maul's right hand mm. or his right leg because he ain't got yeah. no legs, uh, Lieutenant, Dan. Lieutenant Dan. But, um, and, and, and then there's talks, you know, about her potentially having a love interest with Luke Skywalker. So you imagine know, Luke's banging Kira. Right behind, well, it wouldn't be the first person that uh, him and Han shared. Oh, but I'm pump. Um, gross. Um, I, you would think there'd be more women in this universe for these two guys to fuck, right? I mean, what, what's next? They're gonna Chinese finger cuffs Chewbacca. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, um. You know they're they're trying to shoehorn her in as the in in the marriage aid archetype. Which, if you already got somebody who fits that archetype, aka marriage aid, and we all waiting for her arrival into canon, you know, as you know, patiently as we are for Revan, some of us, um, who, yeah, quote quote, quote the Revan, nevermore. 
why don't you just give us the real deal? Like, why do you got to jerk us around for? I don't know. Come on. Come on, guys. <laughs> I, I missed that. So you know, I, 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 was, I, was, I was looking at our Facebook feed the other day, and it's been over a year that it's just been you and I. Really? Yeah, over a year. And the one time that Spiro jumped on the show, you weren't here. You were in Hawaii getting laid. Well, he came, he came in for the 100th. Right? Oh, yeah, the 100th. We did that's the 100th right. together because we had to make it special. Um, and then he did show up for the Hawaii episode. That's right. He also you came back for, like, you know, for, for one other episode, a few episodes after he left, which I put him in the, in, in the Terminator. Uh, uh, oh, that's, photo, right. Photo that's right. That's right. That's that was, right. That was, that was a year ago uh, this week. Um, As you were banging fucking tattoo on Fantasy Island, he was over here in Grumpyville. Complaining about everything underneath the uh, sun. Uh, you, you know what? You, you don't know how much you miss that complaining until it's gone. Huh. We, we miss you, big guy. Yes, we do miss you, Spiro. But speaking of Spiro, let's go down to Kindness Quator Corner. Meaning that it's time to talk about the Knights of the Old Republic. Because it's a hot topic in the Star Wars lore right now. In Star Wars news. And since Doc and I don't give a shit about Quator. Because it's not canon. We throw it to the big guy. So there's two articles here, Spiro. I want you to touch base on. The first article, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remakes. Dark side will be more painful. So give us your uh, uh, analysis and your thoughts on that article. So people are talking about how can these guys, what can these guys do to improve Knights of the Old Republic? You know what I mean? It was a pretty perfect game, but it was a pretty perfect game. Back in the fucking Stone Age when, uh, you know, when we first played it. Now, you know, talking about how the dark side can be more painful and all that stuff. I think that's, you know, that's a great thing. That's a great idea. That's a great way, you know, to to improve on that system of fucking choices where you go either light or, or dark. You know, um, I actually played through the whole game as light and dark and it was fun both ways not as fun as playing through as as a dark side of course but i you know i never got the sense of you know um i never got that 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 sense of fucking what do you call it uh, uh consequences and shit you know um if they can find a way to where you know you feel i mean you see and you feel the consequences for your you know choices whether direct or indirect i think i think that's a plus you know i mean what's the point of having a morality system if there aren't rewards or consequences based on your actions i think it's a great idea and you know i look forward to playing this man i can't wait man i can't wait to see what they do with it um you know, if, if they're not going to fucking make us happy with the movies, they are definitely making us happy with the shows on Disney+. Plus. And they've been making us happy, I think, for the most part with the video games. Um, so, so, yeah, man, you know, I can't wait. I can't wait to go see what fucking consequences I'll face or what consequences others will face because of my fucking choices. You know, I'll deal with it. But are those who will be indirect victims of mine, will they be able to deal with it? I have a feeling they won't be able to. I can't wait. And the second article 
is how Star Wars High Republic complicates Kator's canon timeline. So they're basically saying in that article how the High Republic, because it's 200 years before the prequels, and, and Kator is like thousands of years before the prequels, stuff that happens in Kator doesn't fit directly into the High Republic that's been established so far. So there's going to be a numerous amount of changes in Kator. So Spiro, let me know what you think about that as well. So the High Republic complicates inserting the old Republic into a fucking canon. I mean, come on now. Is that is that their way of saying that they don't know what the fuck they're doing? They don't know how to do it. They don't know how to do anything. Is that their way of saying they're fucking lazy? I mean, listen, man, you know, this is what happens when you have something that's already making you money and can continue to make you money, but you want to come and you want to fix what ain't broken, okay? you And listen, man, I'm all for the High Republic. I think there needs to be something told between, I think there needs to be a story told between the Old Republic and the curtain shit that's that's going on, okay? Um, so yeah, man, this is fucking bullshit. What I would do if I were Star Wars is I would figure out a way of explaining why their technology hasn't evolved at all whatsoever since the old Republic. I mean, okay, you go from fucking lightsabers with fucking battery packs and shit, okay, to to just fucking lightsabers with an independent with a with a fucking kyber crystal and whatever powers them and shit okay you know i mean we go from blackberry to the iphone now now explain explain why the fucking lightsaber hasn't changed since the old republic to now you know i think that's that's the that's the fucking problem you know um you know you wanted to reinvent the fucking wheel you know, and this is what happens. You know, this is what this is what fucking happens. I mean, you know, I mean, if I were to fucking if if I were to make things easier for them, I'd be like, listen, man, a lot of the fucking knowledge from the old republic got lost. A lot of the old text got lost. Um, a lot of the shit got covered up. You know, uh, I don't know, maybe. Maybe the Sith Empire erased a lot of the old texts and shit. Or maybe the fucking the fucking Galactic Republic or whatever and in an effort to fucking prevent a lot of the old teachings, particularly the Sith teachings and you know, to fucking um you know, maybe they wanted to fucking prevent people uh any jedi from getting any ideas of becoming crusaders themselves like when revan defied the fucking jedi order and went on to you know take on mandalore and shit you know and you know what and that's what happened with fucking anakin anakin's pretty much another fucking revan so to speak in his own way uh and like they say man you know star wars is like poetry you know and uh it repeats itself, right? So that's the route right there, you know? I mean, they pretty much have the problem, the the solution to their fucking problem in that, in the fact that Star Wars is like poetry and it, it, it repeats itself. So what's the fucking problem? 
You know, everybody thinks because these people have all the money and all these quote unquote creative geniuses and what are the fuck that they know what they're doing. And I'm not saying that I know any better, but I think I just solved their fucking problems. So what the fuck? So what am I doing? Why, why am I busting my ass working 14 hour plus days and shit? When, you know, when, when I could probably be doing a better job running Star Wars for these cocksuckers. Fuck this shit, man. You know, come on, you know, we, you know, we need these guys to get the shit in order, do what they have to do, you know, do what we're paying them for because we're paying them. You know what I'm saying? The stupid marks like us going out there and buying up all the DVDs, the fucking Blu-rays, the games, the merch, the toys, everything, you know, man, the fucking cosplayers. You know, man, we're the ones that fucking made these people. We're the ones that made Star Wars attractive to these pieces of shits to the point where they shelled out four billion fucking dollars. So there's no excuses here, man, you know, and fucking screen rant, man. You know what, man? And this is this isn't really a dig at at fucking Disney, man. If anything, man, this is fucking screen rant again. Don't know what the fuck to do. They don't know what to fucking write about, so they just throwing darts at, at the wall. Okay, Star Wars. What are we going to write about Star Wars? I don't know. Let's just fucking type type down a lot of words. It's a fucking Star Wars story. It's a fucking Knights of the Old Republic story. You know, people going to fucking click on it, but we don't know. You know, man, these motherfuckers just stay writing fucking filler material man they just stay writing fucking filler articles i think that we should stop going to screen rant for any fucking information for any articles for any news there's so many other better fucking websites out there fuck these people man you know fuck screen rant for pissing me off and for having to talk about their fucking bullshit article i love it bro i love it when spiro goes balls deep into couture and no, Couture is not a Vietnamese hooker that he used to bang. It's what he loves to talk about. His favorite era in Star Wars. He's the one guy who likes it. But I'll tell you what I like. I like lists. You like lists? I love lists. Especially the honey-do list your wife gives you. Because guess what, Doc? You just made the list! You just made the list! That's right, folks. We do a segment where we look at lists about Star Wars on the internet. Then we give you our analysis, whether it's good or whether it's horseshit. So I'm going to grab the first list underneath because Doc's being, hey, look who it is, Sharon. Oh, what's that? A collar? You guys are going a little freaky, huh? Look at that. Oh, yeah. She's, uh, she's getting, you have a bra? Come on, get out of here. Get, show. get out of here. What's, what's, what's the safe word, Wookie? Listen, I told him he leaves all his shit everywhere. He's about to beat him with the belt. He likes that stuff. He, he pays he extra wants to for know that. If, if the safe word is Wookie. <laughs> word it's only when she doesn't shave her legs, the safe word is Wookie. <laughs> <laughs> Turn it into trash. Doc makes that coochie go. Uh... I've got way too much toys in the last couple of days. Anyway, let's go back to the list. What do we got, Paul? All right. First list that I, the first list I'm touching based on 10 times Han Solo proved he's not shocking. Number 10, he initially refused to save Leia Organa. 
So you guys know in the OT episode, Luke had to convince him with money because she's rich. So at first, he didn't want to risk his neck to save the princess because he didn't care. He just wanted his money to pay off Jabba the Hutt. He, he didn't know how good that vagina was going to be, I'll tell you that. Oh, well, you're right. He left after obtaining his reward. He didn't save, uh, stay to, to make a run on the Death Star, uh, which is to his benefit because he was the MVP of the movie. He saved Luke's life. He worked as a smuggler and went back to that life after losing his son. Well, you know what you do? You do what you do, what you know best, and that's what he knew what to do best besides banging broads. Um, he approached his son too late. That's number seven. Number six, he joined the Empire to become a pilot. Well, he did that to escape the freaking uh, the thugs and gangs on on uh, on Corellia. Uh, he never learned from his mistakes. You would think. You would think. As any true man does. As ne- never does, by the way. You're right. He piloted the Millennium Falcon into an asteroid field. He went to Lando despite not, despite not trusting him. He tried to attack C-3PO for not impersonating a god. Yeah. He got his crew killed but had no remorse with the Raftars. Those are your 10 fucking uh, gimmicks. Yeah, that's a shitty-ass list. I got another one here today. Hold on. Go ahead. Okay. Um, 10 of the funniest quotes from The Phantom Menace. All right. Our favorite film. Here we go. Number 10. There's always a bigger fish. Qui-Gon Jinn. Uh, I remember he, him saying that in the movie theater, and I'm like, that's just a fucking stupid line. I mean, you you you, you watch that movie. It has great parts in it. It has really bad parts in it. But sometimes you could see it, like, disintegrating in front of you. And that's one of the lines where I'm like, why? Why are they saying this stuff? Um, I beg your pardon, but what do you mean naked? When they were talking to C-3PO, when he was, uh, and R2-D2 was talking to him, and he had no uh, no armor on. You've never won a race, not even finished. Padme Amidala to uh, um, uh, Qu- to Qui Gon Jinn and to um, Anakin Skywalker. Which I wait, a side good. note. I bet you he yep. finished the race when he was uh, banging her. <laughs> he, he, he definitely finished the race. I saw a funny meme today. It was um, it was Anakin and Padme in bed, and he goes, uh, "Padme, when we have sex, can you call me master?" And she goes. I'll allow you to have sex, but I won't grant you the rank of master. <laughs> Tremendous. Uh, you were right about one thing, master. The negotiations were short. Obi-Wan Kenobi when he said that. That was a good line. That was actually, yeah, that was a good line. That was funny. Um, six, uh, Newt Gunnery. This is getting out of hand. Now there are two of them. Uh, that's when um, uh, Sidious um, showed up when, and Darth Maul showed up together. Now this is pod racing. Oh, my God. Poor little Annie. Sometimes you don't want to choke him. Anyway, what do you think? You're some kind of Jedi waving your hand around like that. That's the, so one of my all-time favorite lines in that movie is when Watto says that. It pops me today. It popped me then. It was the greatest you want, thing. You want when, to when, when amazing, classically Shakespearean-trained uh, Liam Neeson is waving his hand in front of his fucking puppet. The puppet totally no-sells him. First of all, I don't think it was a puppet. I think it was fucking green screen or blue screen or whatever the fuck it was. Secondly, I was reading, you know, the golden books, the golden. Um, yeah. I was Story reading books. storybooks. Yes. I was reading my son tonight before he went to bed. 
uh, Phantom Menace. And because we started with four, five, and six, and now we're doing one, two, and three. And uh, I get to the part where they show Watto and I start doing his voice. And I go, and I did, Republic credits are no good here. Why are you waving your hand? You're some kind of Jedi. And, and he looked at me, he starts laughing. I go, yeah, he sounds just like that. I go, you'll see when you get old enough, you can watch it. And it's funny, we're talking about it now. <laughs> that's great. Great life. It's great. It's great. It's great. Okay, so I don't care what universe you're from. That's got to hurt. That's uh, Fode, one of the um, the announcers during the Potter race. That's, I don't know, what that's number three. Anyway, uh, Senator Palpatine, a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. Um, and that's when, uh, what's her face? But when Padme nominated him for the Supreme Chancellor. And then Qui Gunjin, the ability to speak does not make you intelligent. And this is actually a line I use with my residents all the time when we talk about things and they say dumb shit. And I say, the ability to speak does not make one intelligent. Anyway, 10 funniest lines from Phantom Menace. All right. Well, if you guys have any lists you want to send us so we can analyze, uh, make an analysis about newforceorder at yahoo.com. Now, some. Real interesting news came out today. And this was probably the fucking hot button topic of Star Wars. Your boy, my boy, Boba Fett. A leaked scene. Detailed leaked scene. Sounds batshit crazy, but also absolutely epic at the same time. Now, according to this site, StarWarsNewsNet.com, which is not Mike Zero... Which is not fucking, we got this covered. It's actually a legitimate news site. They said that the scene that leaked is Boba Fett will be encountering and quite possibly taming slash controlling a rancor in the book of Boba Fett. Apparently, their source wasn't sure whether the bounty hunter will be fighting the beast or riding it. But we will see Fett standing on the back of a Rancor's neck. And it looks like he's riding and controlling it as it tears through a complex slash city street on what is likely Tatooine. Now, is, uh, is, is he married to this thing? Because he doesn't know if he's fighting it or riding it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but this all killer, no filler that Robert Rodriguez was talking about. And... The fact that he's saying this is going to blow away episode 14 of fucking Mandalorian because that was nothing compared to what's going on now because this series over delivers. If this is just a fucking icing on top of the fucking cake, bro, this is going to be the greatest thing of all fucking time. Well, and I cannot wait. Something that we, we've been waiting for a long, long time. So um, he, he's the perfect person, I think, to do this. Um, and I think that if he's if he's giving us, you know, this promise that it's going to be absolutely batshit crazy, then I I, I I have a hard time believing that he's going to be lying. So bring the bring the noise. There's rumors. Obviously, the Rancor died in Empire. I mean, Return of the Jedi. But there's rumors that this Rancor is the Rancor from Bad Batch. Mochi. Mochi. If it is, it'd be a good way to connect it. Yeah, for sure. And you the know, fact we all, that... We, we all thought that Rancor was going to be the one that was in Jabba's palace, which would make the most sense. And when it wasn't, we were like, oh, that's kind of weird. 
But look at the tie-in. Originally, he was with Omega. Now, if this is the case, he's with Alpha. The Alpha and Omega, not of pro wrestling, the Star Wars universe. It's kind of uh, poetic, don't you think? Poetry as poetry as usual. It rhymes. Nothing surprising for Star Wars. You don't think this is over, dude? I think this is superbly uh, over. I think this is really fucking over. And speaking of over, ladies and gentlemen, we do a segment called "Who Is More Over" on the show. Now, I know what you're saying. That doesn't make any grammatical sense. How can something be over? If it's not even under Well It's wrestling lingo And what exactly that means Is that over is popular So when something is over You like it a a lot A lot A lot A lot lot. Right So We compare two aspects of Star Wars Could be a person Place Thing Doesn't matter we see what's more over with you, the fans, all six of you guys. But most importantly, what's over with us? So, tick 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 tock. What's on the Mickey Mickey marquee tonight? To the D, to the O, to the C. Okay. Um, this week we have an interesting over battle. We uh, looked at two um, very iconic and very interesting duos. Um, of the Star Wars universe, um, kind of across a generational look. Actually, no, I'm lying. We're not doing that this week. That was last week. This week on Who's More Over, my bad. We're looking at emotions. What tugs Sweet on your heart? Emotions. Sorry. What what tugs on your little heartstrings when you watch the Star Wars movies? Um, and we picked out two scenes. I had a, a hot Asian girl after a nice rub down. Oh yes, wait, no, you sure. said you said heartstrings. Sorry. Heartstrings, not, oh, not, not, not come my on, bad, my bad. Come on, this is a family show, bro. Family show. Yeah, okay. What? What? <laughs> which two scenes? Two scenes in Star Wars universe would tug the most at your heart heartstrings, and which one of those scenes is over? Now, the first scene is from the prequel trilogy. It is. The iconic scene in the Revenge of the Sith, right after Obi-Wan has dismembered his brother, his his Padawan, his friend Anakin Skywalker, and Anakin is sitting in the lava of Musafar and he's burning up and you see his body fleshing and he turns to Obi-Wan Kenobi and he goes, I hate you. And Obi-Wan is sitting there kind of pleading and begging and looking at him and like, oh, my God, what did I do to my friend? And then he unceremoniously picks up his lightsaber that he's going to get to his kid later. So your dad wanted to have you that wanted you to have this while he was burning in hell. Um, do you think they're going to talk? Do you think they're going to re- talk about that scene in? in, in uh... I, I think they probably will. I think they would. They, they, they're going to have to address it. Um so that scene where Anakin is burning and Obi-Wan is, uh, you know, giving him his final send offs and goodbye and leaves him there to die. Said that you would destroy this and not join them. 
bring balance to the force, not leave it in darkness. Versus? Um, sequel trilogy. R- Rise of Skywalker. After Kylo Ren is stabbed by Rey on the wreckage of the Death Star. And then force healed by Rey on the wreckage of the Death Star. And she Rey! Dips out, she dips out with a ship. Kylo oh. is having his crisis. Yeah, I want half, Eddie. I want yeah, half. Yeah. <laughs> Kylo dips out. Uh, Ky- Kylo has his crisis of conscience. And sees what he appears to be. We don't know if it's Force Ghosts. We don't know if it's memory. We don't know if it's God knows whoever else. But he sees his father, Han Solo, who gives him the talk that he needs and gives him the strength that he needs, which is the bookend discussion that he had with him in The Force Awakens, but just in the opposite direction, to turn back to the light side to destroy uh, Shibi Palps. Hey, kid. I miss you, son. So does Deb. Now. Kylo Ren is dead. My son is alive. You're just a memory. Your memory. Come home. It's too late. She's gone. Your mother's gone. But what she stood for, what she fought for, that's not gone. Ben. I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. The witch scene emotionally is more over what does the uh polls say okay let's go to the polls here all right um let's see on the book uh, of face on the book of faces um i got a comment here adam DeJames. oh my god anakin obi obi anakin and kenobi is the best star wars moments i get the feels followed by luke at the end of jedi and tlj and amando okay only all comments over here hold on um it appears that I forgot to put the poll on Facebook, but that's okay. We're going to go to Instagram because I know it's there. It's a busy week, guys. It's Comic-Con week. I apologize. It's a busy week, man. Uh, New Force Order. Here we go. Okay, emotional. Ooh, wow. By the slimmest of margins, 57% to 43%. Wow. 
Han Solo coming back to talking to his son is more emotional and more over. Wow, really? Well, interesting. The, the prequel's over strong. Well, that's the sequel. Sorry, the sequel's over strong. My bad, you're right. Uh, hey, yo, why don't you let us know what you think is more over there, big guy? So who's more over, guys? You know, I'm going to tell you straight up. Okay, when fucking Han Solo, when, when Harrison Ford came back, he made that surprise appearance in, um, what was that fucking movie? I forgot what the fuck it's called now. Oh, yeah, The Rise of Skywalker. When he came back for that scene, man, and Jesus Christ, man, that was probably the best scene out of the whole sequel fucking trilogy, man. And it's up there for one of the best scenes, the greatest scenes of the whole Star Wars saga. Okay? Han Solo, whatever that was, a fucking memory, fucking imagination, force goals, whatever the fuck. Him talking to his son, you know, helping his son pick himself up off the floor, erasing any doubt from his mind of who he is, of who Ben Solo truly is. That, that right there, man, if that didn't get you in the feels, man, I mean, you know, everybody wants to talk about fucking Anakin losing his legs, his fucking dick and his arms and whatever the fuck and how Obi-Wan, yeah, man, that, that one, man, that was a big deal. That was a big deal. But this right here, oh, but Spiro, what about when Anakin slaughtered those, those younglings? Man, fuck those younglings, man. Fuck them. You know, this is, this is to fucking show you, man. You know, these fucking Jedis, man, they're not Spartans to be trying to raise their kids like fucking Spartans, okay? Anyways, this scene right here is what's more over with me and should be more over with everybody. And I have a good feeling that it's the scene that's more over with my two bros right here. Yeah, it's been great, dude. It's been great, 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 great. Great analysis there, Spiro. Now, since I went first last week, you go first this week, Doc. Okay. All right. So whew, this is uh when you when you mentioned this one, I was like, oh, you know, I, I kind of sound it sounded a little um a little unenthused, not because I didn't like the topic, but because it was gonna be such a difficult battle to choose from when it came to deciding what this was. Um you know, I remember watching, you know, I was old enough and it's still within within my uh, non-CTE brain to remember watching both of these in the theater. I remember watching the episode three one and, and, and the most recent one. Um, we actually watched that one together. We sat together and watched it. And yeah, you did, you did the po- I did the popcorn trick. With you. Yeah, you did the popcorn trick for, for both me and Spirit. It was fantastic. Um, and, I, <laughs> and I remember sitting next to my wife and, you know, my, you, wife. my, wife, my wife, you and Spirit was sitting, uh, you know, two, three seats over from us. Speaking of over. Um, and watching the the Han Solo scene, I got a little choked up. I got I gotta be honest because, you know, when you when he's standing there and you're not expecting anything, and you hear, "Hey, kid," and you're like, "Oh, like what's happening?" And there's that it's like a brief two seconds where he says it, but you don't see him. And he doesn't. Kylo doesn't turn around yet because his back is to you, and you're like, you, I, I just felt, I just felt the goosebumps like on my body when I, when I just talked about it just now, because it was like, what's happening? 
And like so many things run through your mind in those two seconds that we're not seeing him yet until he turns around. We see him and then it's the physical form of Han Solo. It's not a force ghost. He's not blue and translucent. It's not anything there. And then we kind of, we're kind of left to, in our own mind, from whatever view we want to take it, decide how this is happening and why this is happening and if this is actually happening or if this is, you know, the crisis of conscience that Kylo's going through. Um, you know, and, and as a dad, you know, both of us are dads and, you know, both of us cared very intensely for our children. Um, and to to be on the, on the father end of this spectrum where you have a son who has, you know, not not performed or not done what you needed him to do in life and he's sitting at the point of his life where he can make a change and can do something but you're not physically there to actually do it because you're dead or because yeah he's far away or whatever um but having that ability to you know to reach out and try to reach your son and try to help him and try to bring him back to you know back into the fold back into the family back to who he should be and who you think he should be it was pretty heart-wrenching. And the fact that, you know, it was Han instead of Leia, which I think was a great idea. Um, I think Leia would, would have been good, but it wouldn't have been as as impactful and as powerful. Now, if she was still alive, do you think it would have been her? I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But, the, the, you know, the thing, you know, she had just died in that scene. It was a whole to do. And I thought it was going to be her because I thought it would have made, made the most sense for it to be her. Because she just left, and who the fuck seen Han Solo come back? But you know, seeing that interaction between a father and a son, and a father who who still, despite the fact that you know the son has slighted him and the son has done things to him that are unconsciousable, he's still there for him, and he still wants him to do good, and he still cares for him, and he still has this desire to bring him back into the fold. And that's what being a parent is. I mean, you know, it's 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 a rough job it's a tough job um and no matter how much shit they give you you love them and it's really kind of irrelevant that you know sometimes how they treat you because regardless of how it goes down that's still your kid you're still gonna love them you know we 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 as children you know get over eventually our parents dying and it's one of those things that it's just you know we you, you realize it's a part of life and you realize how um you know, it's difficult and it's obviously hard and it's there, but you get over it. But if you're a parent who loses a child, it's a completely different world. I mean, that's something that you just never recover from. So that, you know, rang with me as a really emotional thing. And I was trying not to turn to you guys when I was watching that scene. I was kind of watching it out of the corner of my left eye because I was getting a little I was getting a little verklempt over there when, when it was happening because it was really they really wrote that scene as much as the sequels get shit for, you know, for what they are to me, that scene alone was worth it because it really, really, really encompassed what star Wars is and, 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 and what, um, you know, even beyond star Wars, what relationship between a father and and a child really is. And then on the flip side, you have the Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin, you know, death scene where, well, I wouldn't say death, I guess rebirth scene, um, where, that whole battle from the beginning of when Obi Wan comes out of the out of the ship on Musafar really was a super emotional battle. I mean, you get two brothers who we knew was going to go down um, at some point, who are fighting each other. One who's completely flipped his 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 mind and is is completely dark side, uh, you know, tainted, and the other one who's probably very confused and very upset and and emotionally fighting 
his friend and trying to be defensive and not trying to hurt him as much as possible and trying to you know see where this goes until he gets to the point where he realizes that he's too far gone and and he's got to do what he's got to do for the fate of the galaxy and for the fate of the you know for everything else um and he's got to pull the trigger and and put Anakin down and that interaction that they have you know at the you were my brother Anakin and it's just like oh my god watching Anakin sit there and burn he's reaching up you know people talk about Hayden being wooden and he delivers his lines but but that one line I hate you and he reaches up and he looks at him with that one arm that he's got fucking left and you're like oh my god it's like so fucking brutal and so painful to watch that happen and for Obi-Wan to kind of sit there. But then he does the biggest dick move on the fucking planet and just lets him burn like a gangster and says, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to leave you there. Um, which is fucked up when you think about it and makes it even that more emotional. But for me, um, you know, just because of the father son aspect of it, it's going to be Han Solo and Kylo Ren going to be by an eyelash. Buy a curly little pussy hair over for me. How the hell am I going to follow that? <laughs> well, that's why you never let me go first. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's 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 break this down. Both scenes are very, very emotional. In one retrospect, the acting on uh, episode nine between two great actors, phenomenal. The acting episode three, Phenomenal. Lines that are more memorable has to go to episode three. Agreed. Okay. The dynamic father-son versus brother-brother. Both hit the heartstrings. Both are family. Both both encompasses what Star Wars is really about. Family. Uh, dead even tie. Um, both hit me in the feels very hard. Uh, especially, especially because I'm a big Han Solo mark, but because I'm a dad and I would do anything for my children. And I think one day my son will kill me. So <laughs> it, it resonates with me very, very deeply. Um, but, uh, the Anakin scene, I don't know, man, I still get the feels from it. Like, but at the same time. You can't have episode nine scene without episode seven. You know what I mean? Without the death scene, that scene can't hold the emotional weight without losing Han first. Yeah, of course. Episode three, that scene, I don't know. There is nothing that really set it off emotionally other than that kick ass fight. And, you know, I guess there you see the, them growing together, the chemistry between the two actors, between episode two and episode three. But, uh, I don't know, man. Again, I'm torn. I am torn uh, between these two scenarios. And every day, every second, I flip-flop with this, honestly. Um, I'm going to pick... Han and Kylo by a cunt hair. If the wind changes, I might pick episode three, three seconds from now. I don't know. 
Like I really have went back and forth on this over and over and over. And speaking about over, speaking of over, uh, so many times that I was like, "Fucking hell!" I worked myself into a shoot with this fucking topic. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's that's that's why when you said it, I was like, uh, "Okay, I guess." And you're like, I can pick something different. I'm like, no, it's not because it's not a good thing. It's because I'm going to have a really hard time dealing with this one. Definitely. Definitely. All our fans out there, you guys can email us regarding this subject or anything else. Newforceorder at yahoo.com. So let's go over the emails. Uh, we usually start with the emails, but we kind of went out of order. Uh, this is from my favorite emailer, uh, Mr. Brandon Miller himself. Bum 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 him that guy. Hey NFO little N capital F little O. Thank you there, Brandon. These two were both heavyweights in terms of emotional Star Wars scenes. While I'm guessing Obi Wan mourning Anakin is going to be significantly more over for both GGP and Doc. Oh, mm. you're wrong. Wow. I feel like I've emailed enough times about that scene, so let's give the sequel some love. God knows they need it. Personally, I enjoyed Han Solo's return as a ghost slash vision slash hallucination, whatever we're deciding to call it, to his son, Ben. And it was genuinely clever writing the way they repeated the same speech used before Han's death. In Force Awakens, the words were haunting and ominous. But in Rise of Skywalker, the exact same words became hopeful and supportive in the redemption of Kylo Ren. Very well said there. Uh, funny how something said in Star Wars can mean one thing yesterday, mean completely different thing today. Hey, fellas? Guess what Kylo said in Episode 7 was true from a certain point of view. Well played, sir. Have a great week, guys. Brandon. And P.S. Thanks, NFO, for making me have Zoom in on Boba Fett's manspread after hearing the show last week. Never getting those 30 seconds back. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> well, we know then he's a fast shooter if he jerked off and he only took him 30 seconds to come off the man spread. Good for you, Brandon. That's fantastic. Anyhow. Uh, Doc, you're a big Lego guy, right? Uh, meh, not really, but sure. Way to kill the fucking lead. Yeah, uh, I know. Learn, learn to work, kid. Um, Never let stop. the truth get, get in the way of a good story. That's right. Star Wars special, Lego Star Wars, Terrifying Tales dropped. I haven't watched it yet. Have you watched it yet? I have not. I was going to watch it today, and then I said, and my son was like, oh, what's the new episode of What If on? And he's like kind of half in and half out of What If. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I threw it on. So he was kind of like half half watching it while he was watching Minecraft or whatever it was. So we bagged Lego. Hopefully we'll get to, get to it this weekend. All right. Well, why don't you take care of these two scenarios that I'm going to throw at you? One, they reveal how Luke, how dangerous Luke is when he actually joined the dark side. And two is they give Ben uh, or Kylo Ren uh, a different origin than that that we saw in The Last Jedi. Yeah, so apparently um, there is uh, – during the series there is this uh, – I think it's Darth Vader's like Sith apprentice. Not apprentice. It's like one of his – I don't know. Veneer, whatever his name is. Vene. Veneer, Veneer, Veneer. So he sounds like – I don't know. Vagina. Yeah, he was hanging out at Studio 54 at some point. Um, starts with a V. <laughs> what is Mike Myers saying, Studio 54? I don't know what. You remember when he has the, the the kid in his room and he's all high and drunk? He looks at him and goes, I want to suck your cock. I can't even say it. <laughs> wow, yeah. um, 
I just wanted to make you say it. That's all. Uh-huh. Um, of course. So, um, the uh, you know, he she shows this uh, this kind of what if tale. What if um, instead of Obi Wan Kenobi picking up Luke Skywalker in um, A New Hope, it's um, Darth Vader who actually finds him first and gets him. You know, because Luke was basically you know a, 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 a kid without a country, and he was basically looking for a cause. And instead of getting recruited to the Rebel Alliance, he gets recruited to the Empire. And becomes like you know Dick Luke Skywalker with uh, you know being um, uh, t- take your kid work take your kid to work day with uh, Darth Vader. So um, we see Luke uh, you know Lego form Dark Side Luke where he um, he is uh, n- not the nicest guy in the pond. So it's a, a funny little twist on um, what could have potentially happened if, uh, if Vader got there first. And the second thing is um, you know we had seen. Kylo's origin, you know, basically built with the comics and, you know, teased a little bit through the, um, through the, um, films, uh, the films. Yes. Thank you. Um, where he, Luke, you know, he was training with Luke and Luke goes to senses of evil in him and goes to see him. And then suddenly, um, he ignites his lightsaber because he senses the evil in him and Kylo wakes up and the whole, the hut explodes and all this other shit happens and Kylo goes off. Um, and I think they talk about in the Lego thing that there's a little more to do with the Knights of Ren, right? Um, Cause it was some, some speculation that they're the ones who destroyed, who destroyed the school, but they really weren't. And how Kylo goes off and, and joins them. But the, but the name Kylo means like wimp or weakling in, in you know whatever language that they're talking about, he adapt he adopts that as like a sign that he's going to get past all of this, and then adopts the rent. I thought it was a whole big convoluted thing, but they talked about how the origin story that they made for this Lego thing made a little more sense and was better than the one that they did the kid you know the canonical story of, uh, between the comics and between the movies. It's not the first time. It's not the first time Lego has done something. Which was better. Remember the uh, holiday special they had fucking uh, uh, what's his name? Finn as a Jedi training under Rey. So they kind of paid it off to that fucking yeah, finally. stupid thing. And it's not even canon. So it's Revan. You know what I mean? It's Revanized. Something that is canon is Jedi. I know what you're saying. Jedi. I don't even know her. Um, yeah, you know, I keep taking my wife to the zoo. She keeps finding her way home. Anyhow, um, so what happened was this uh, Star Wars reveals secrets of Jeddah, the Temple Moon. Um, the planet Jeddah was was a virgence in the Force, and had become a holy site for countries. Uh, I'm sorry, for countless Force traditions. With pilgrims traveling from across the galaxy to meditate there. The secret of Jeddah's strength in the Force lay in the rare Kyber crystals that could be found there in plentiful supply, which could even be used to allow those who are not normally Force sensitive to receive guidance from the Force. I guess that's why it's important for what's her name to wear the necklace that our mother gave her, right? Mm hmm. Unfortunately, this made Jeddah an important prize for the Empire, who sought out to strip the planet of its kyber, using its power for the Death Star. 
Uh, resistant movement by Saul Guerrero, prompted by Jetta, was settled, promptly settled in Jetta, ultimately leading to Empire destroy the destroy it with the Death Star. Full scale devastation has since been revealed in the Tyen comics, with Rebel Alliance visiting and learning the mantle itself had been permanently exposed by the Death Star's super laser. Star Wars Tyens love to hop around the timeline, and in 2021's Life Day Treasury by Gregory Mann and Kevin Scott contains a short story called Reflection Day that is set well before the establishment of the Empire. It explores the visits of two pilgrims who travel to Jeddah to find love there, a touching Christmas-style story set in a galaxy far, far away. Their conversation also reveals some of the secrets of Jeddah with legends explaining what it was originally settled by ancient race called the Luminous who first came to understand the sacred nature of the moon and its connection to the living force. Given the antiquity of Jeddah, the luminous may well be may a force tradition who existed long before the prime Jedi, founder of the Jedi Order. The luminous are believed to have left a permanent mark on the spiritual temple moon of Jeddah, creating a sacred dome of deliverance, briefly seen in Rogue One. There once... There, once every year, pilgrims travel to the Dome of Deliverance in order to look upon the famous Kyber mirrors and gain a vision of the future. Now, travelers all across the galaxy flock to the moon to participate in the festivities, browse the markets, enjoy the processions and the eclectic foodstuffs, and if they are lucky enough, peer into the mirrors in search of insight of their own. Reflection Day is an excellent story made strangely bittersweet because readers know Jeddah's ultimate fate. But not too bittersweet because there's no hint of there's no sorry, I lost my spot. There's no hint of the Clone Wars or the Empire, meaning it could have happened centuries before the moon would be blasted apart from Rogue One Star Wars story. Given Gavin Scott is involved with this project, it's quite possible Jeddah will appear in Star Wars The High Republic. Uh, the the transmission transmedia initiative set 200 years before the Phantom Menace. So what do you think, man? A little more information on Jedi. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, we 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 saw this mysterious planet that you know had some connection to the Jedi. It sounded like the Jedi, um, and it, again, needed backstory. The Star Wars as always loves to just you know throw things in there that have no story that don't make any sense that. Eventually, someone is going to figure out and tease out. So, this is one of the, one of those perfect things to actually do that with, and and give us a backstory as to why, where, how this is uh, you know important in the, in the universe. It's like we'll fix it in post. They're like the exactly. inventors of that. You know, exactly. They, they do better reverse engineering than NASA at, at Area Fifty One. Uh huh. Indeed. Indeed. Speaking of NASA, did you see uh, this article in the uh, in the very prestigious? Good segue. Good segue. Called the Scientific American, which is uh, has been a journal around for a very, very long time. Produced a lot of interesting, uh, you know, technological and scientific advances that are happening in the world. Um, they uh, they threw an article out there recently that uh, I'm going to give you the title of right now because um, I think uh, I heard Spiro's you know fucking head crack when this went out. <laughs> Because he got so upset and pissy. Um, no. Here it goes. Okay, ready? All right. Hold on. I'm just loading up over here. Why the term Jedi, J-E-D-I, is problematic for describing 
programs that promote justice, J, equity, E, diversity, D, and inclusion for the I. So they're calling programs that, you know, are inclusive of justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion Jedi programs and why they're a problem, okay? Um, so this guy, it's, it's, it's a team of writers, actually, that kind of did this, who talk about why the Jedi are inappropriate symbols for justice work and equity and diversity. Um, and they go on really a unbelievable snowflake-filled SJW crying on my safe space rant on why the Jedi, the Jedi from my point of view, the Jedi are evil and why they feel that they are, um, are, are not good. So I'm, I'm just going to give you, I think this is the portion of, of the article that I actually pulled aside. Yes, this is it. So I'm going to read it. Okay. The Jedi are inappropriate mascots for social justice. Though they're ostensibly heroes within the Star Wars universe, the Jedi are inappropriate symbols for justice work. They are a religious order of intergalactic police monks prone to white saviorism. So Anakin is a savior, right? And toxically masculine approaches to conflict resolution. Violent duels with phallic lightsabers. Phallic, for you fucking ingrates out there, means uh, penis-like. Um, gaslighting by means of Jedi mind tricks, etc., the Jedi are also an exclusionary cult membership to which is partly predicated on the possession of heightened psychic and physical abilities or force sensitivity. Um, so they go on to talk about noble bloodlines like the Skywalker dynasty and force disparities because of measurable midichlorians like force genetic tests, they're calling it. Um, and on and on and on about Star Wars's problematic cultural legacy, about not having enough, um, you know, having Slave Leia as one of the, you know, representing trafficked women, and alienness not being, um, you know, appropriate, and the lack of non-whiteness that they have inside, you know, the the large amount of non-whiteness they have, and relying on racist stereotypes. Uh, you know, one can come to mind would be Jar Jar Binks and or the Trade Federation um, who depict non-human species. And so, they, you know, they're taking these, you know, Asian sounding characters and making them subhuman. Again, on and on and on about things that I don't even want to talk about. And it's really like. Painful to have someone dissect Star Wars and bring it to become this. Because you know what? In reality, you could dissect any fucking movie, any fucking series, any TV show, from anything not past 2020, even sub-2020 shit, and pull in all these stupid you know, tropes and stereotypes and things you want to say about not enough women and not enough this. Can't we just fucking enjoy things in this world anymore? Can't we just look at something and sit down and say, you know what? I just want to be taken away from all this bullshit in life that people are trying to ram down my throat. The he's, he's, she, her, it, them, they's, and all that fucking nonsense. I don't know if you caught it this week, Pop, but there was some poor guy who works at Sonic, some little Mexican dude who was the manager of Sonic who gets probably get paid eight fifty. No, not Hoover I think it was um, El Dandy who gets paid like eight fifty fucking an hour. Who 
some woman, quotation marks, you know, pulls up to Sonic and hands the person the credit card and it has a man's name on it. And the guy hands the back to the person who's driving and says, thank you, sir. And it was someone who was transgendered and she was mislabeled. And she brings this poor Mexican manager out and literally berates him for fucking five minutes. And he's like, listen, nobody's trying to be racist. Nobody's trying. He's just going on, recording him going on and on and on. And finally she goes, well, when you look at me, what, what would you say I am? He, he goes flat out, well, I'd say you're a fucking man. Because, and then she flips the camera to her. And she's wearing a wig. She's wearing a dress. But she's got a five o'clock shadow that's worse than mine and yours. It clearly looks like a dude. So, you know, this shit's just going on and on and on continuously. And people just need to fucking grow up and just stop. It's really, really something else. And it really, really is just people trying to find something to complain about because nobody in this world can live with being happy. They need to have a cause and a purpose to fight against and to be fucking angry and to hate something. Nobody could just go through life and just be happy. And the best part about this is that the author, you know, one of the authors, J.W. Hammond, postdoctoral researcher at School of Education, University of Michigan, a nearly lifelong Star Wars nerd. He believes science fiction shapes our ethical horizons and sense of scientific possibility in good and big, bad and big and small. Really, asshole? So you'll take the greatest trilogy, the greatest series of all time, and try to demean it with some fucking nonsense tropes to bring it into 2021 so you could sound fucking woke. All right, I'm not even going to mention the rest of the super fucking people that are involved in the super fucking article. But anyway, Scientific American, a, a reputable journal. Spiro, I would love to hear what you have to say about this. Look, man, reading this fucking article gave me a migraine, okay? I, honestly, man, I don't even want to fucking get into this shit because, I mean, you know, this is like fucking arguing with a six-year-old on whether Santa Claus exists, on whether the Tooth Fairy, the Easter Bunny are fucking real, you know? Come on, man. You know, this is fucking bullshit, okay? It it kills me when there's people who are fucking supposed to be 10, 20 times smarter than I am writing bullshit articles like this, all right? Stick to science, okay? Leave the social justice bullshit aside. That's not your fucking arena, okay? You know, try to figure out this fucking COVID shit and let's get on with it. You know, leave fucking Star Wars alone. I mean, where do we be where do we begin with this shit? You know, they're talking about that, that we shouldn't fucking, you know, let's just start with this. They feel that we're giving the corporate man, the corporate bad guy, free fucking pub, free publicity, free promotion, because, you know, it's fucking Disney. And if we're talking about Jedi, we're talking about Star Wars and Star Wars belongs to fucking Disney. We can't do that, guys. You know, whatever. You know, then, then, then they want to talk about how fucking, you know, they're a bunch of fucking religious uh, space monks, police monks, whatever the fuck the damn term was. Yes, we get it, science. You, you don't like religion and vice versa. Listen, I'm not a religious person, but I'm not going to shit on people that believe and they want to worship whatever faith. I mean, you know, come on now. You know, this fucking battle between science and fucking religion, there's a fucking movie. I, w I would love to make a sci-fi flick about the forces of science taking on the forces of 
religion. I mean, anyways, you know, you should probably delete that part. I, I don't want to give that idea to anybody, but something tells me that that movie's all, already been made. Um, then they want to talk about fucking Slave Leia, and, you know, they want to talk about how it promotes white saviorism, you know, they, they want to, you know, look at this. First of all, you know, when they talk about inclusivity and the lack of it, has this asshole seen who sits on the Jedi Council? You got the baddest black motherfucker out there, okay? Mace Windu, all right? You got fucking one Jedi that who who looks like a walking fucking pecker. You got fucking Plo Koon. You got green people. You got black people. You got green people. You got all kind of people. Even the lightsabers are different fucking colors for fuck's sake. So don't give me this bullshit about inclusivity and white saviorism, you know? And you know what, man? The reason why you got these human faces, which, you know, quite a few of them happen to be non-white, by the way, you know, is because, you know, these are fucking, these are faces that are going to sell tickets, that are going to put asses in seats, you know? Anakin Skywalker, girls of all race, ethnicities, colors, whatever the fuck, they're going to get wet. You know, a lot of guys like all three of us have, have, you know, you know, have fucking lusted over Natalie Portman. Slave Leia, what the fuck does Slave Leia have anything to do with this shit for fuck's sake? You know, just fucking, I don't understand why the fuck people keep on doing this, man. It's like, why, why are people trying to turn everything into a, a social justice issue when it's fucking not? You know? See what what's going on in fucking Afghanistan? They they got their own job of the huts there. It's fine. I mean, it's you know you, you know we could say that it's all make believe, but you know there's a lot of that shit going on right now in in real life. You know why why aren't why why do these people never campaign against human fucking trafficking? Everybody's like about fucking gay rights. You know, fucking black fucking rights, fucking whatever rights, yellow rights. How about fucking human human trafficking, man? How about these fucking young women who are being bought and sold around the world of all fucking colors? No, I haven't seen one fucking person yet come out and say shit about this. So fuck this person. Fuck this article. You know, I don't think that we need to bring this shit into this show because... At the end of the day, bro, you know, man, fucking, it's all bullshit, man. You know, man, we got enough social justice fags fucking in our fandom, you know? Fuck all these people, man. Fuck all this shit, man. You know, everybody tries to fucking attach their fucking social justice crusade to something. Everybody tries to turn everything into a social justice issue, man, you know? And like that, we're never going to get anywhere. We're not, you know... As not not only as fucking Star Wars fans, but just as fucking human beings, man. You know, fucking so so fuck this person, man. I'm not gonna fucking talk about. I'm not gonna dignify these assholes anymore. You know, fuck them. Holy shit, that was great, Spiro. You never fail to disappoint me, my man. <laughs> I when I saw this article, I said, "Woo." Spiro's going to be on fire on this La Flama Griego. And you fucking tore it up, sir. So thank you. Look, man, 
I agree with you, Doc, 100%. The fact that this fucking numbnuts decided to fucking try to get over on the expense of Star Wars to get his shit in is ridiculous, first off. Secondly, Star Wars went against the grains, gave us our first female heroine, not a damsel in distress. The head of the freaking Jedi Council was black. The other head of the Jedi Council was a midget and green. And green. Right? The bad guy was an old white politician. You know what I'm saying? Like Perfect. Joe Biden? Joe Biden? Fuck Joe Biden. Um, <laughs> fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> fuck them all. Fuck Trump. Fuck, fuck them all. They're all crooks. Anyhow. Um, but the fact this fucking guy tries to tries to equate something, it's like, remember watching that movie um, with Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck when they were in Harvard? Goodwill Hunting, thank you. And the guy in the bar is trying to sound fucking smart to get laid, get his shit over, and the fucking, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, how, you like, how you like them apples? No, no, no. Matt Damon then fucking puts him in his place. He's like, you just read the fucking back of the fucking book, yada, yada, yada. And the guy just looks stupid, right? Um, this is what this guy is. You know what? I'm gonna. We should reach out to this guy and try to get him on the show. Boy, they, you really want to fucking push push that. The, the last time we did with an SJW it didn't go so well for her. Well, for her, but we we killed her with kindness and we proved our point without fucking having an argument. She seemed like a good person at the time, and then she didn't push the show, so she can go make me a sandwich. She can go jump in the river. I don't give a fuck about her. You know what I mean? We try to that's, get her over, and that's be, that's because we shut her down, my friend. That's the reason why. So we'll get this fucking snowflake on here too. And hopefully he'll like to come on and talk about it. But, again, it's ridiculous. It's not real. So what the fuck are you guys worried about? It's a story. You think fucking Hansel and Gretel really were put in an oven and eaten by the fucking witch? Do you really think fucking there's a big bad wolf and he blew down the fucking houses of three little fucking pigs? That hair on their chinny chin chin? I mean, come on, man. It's all <laughs> fantasy and bullshit. There's so much other shit to be worried about. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And the fact that they even pay any relevancy to these fucking ideas is just ridiculous. All this wokeness is nonsense. All these people need to get fucking smacked in the mouth. What all this, all this woke bullshit started because all these people got picked on their entire life. And they had no power. And then they realize that, fuck, the internet has power. I can hide behind my keyboard and I can get a little bit of power. And now they're drunk with power. And the little people or the little percentage of people who are in their mother's basements typing on their keyboards, playing this woke game and cancel culture nonsense. They're the ones who are, who are leaving or who are, who are making perception reality. And it's not the case. So. Unfortunately, it's a weird world we're living in. Hopefully, things can come back to the way that when we grew up, when men were actually fucking men and women were actually women and they weren't trying to be each other and you had some set of fucking moral ethics code and decency that people followed 
as opposed to everyone trying to get over and get their shit in. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just ranting now. The, the only way that's going to happen, my friend, is is one way. That's it. What do you mean one way? One way, one word. Galactus. Oh, fuck. I can't wait, dude. Oh, I wish. Fucking Planet X, Galactus, Meteors. Come on down and eat everybody. It's fine. Dude, Thanos was right. Anyway, you have anything else you want to fucking... That's it, dude. All right, let's take it on. I, I took the wind out of myself. Oh. You can find me. me at you can find me at Doctor Dr underscore Destroyo D E S T R R O Y O Instagram Alex Royo M D Twitter Alex Royo Facebook where I'm making a ton of fucking sense and I just want to throw a shout out out there okay to my boy Ray Horaday AKA my man from Ray Ray Championship Belts today on uh, AW Dynamite they revealed the women's TBS championship that he actually made. And is working with AEW. So congratulations, my man, Ray Ray. You deserve all the accolades you get. Your belts are fantastic. You know him too, pup. I know. I know. Um, they have a TBS title now? TBS for w- Women's Champion. But is are they on TBS? Yeah, they're on TBS. Awesome. Um, very cool. Congratulations, Ray Ray. We're still waiting for the NFL belt for you to make, you fucking slacker. But it's okay. We love you. 5000 5, bucks later. Don't worry. It's all right. It's just free advertising. Gives us a I gotta fucking... Get that, I got to get that Tony Khan money. <laughs> Tremendous. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, you already fucking sent Spiro the fucking gimmicks. I was about to send it to him. Ah, tremendous. You beat me to it, Doc. You're the man. You can find me at Greek God Papadon on Instagram and Twitter. Demetrius Papadon in the Book of Face. Greek God Papadon is the YouTube channel. Go subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Like the videos. Comment. Um, Pro Wrestling T slash Greek God Papadon is a t-shirt shop. Go buy your GGP t-shirts. Spiro, let them know where they can find you at. Yeah, man. It's been great. But you can also find me, God knows where the fuck, aside from work these days. But if, but check out the Rational Rage Network. Uh, have you know, there's other guys doing doing things there. Uh, you got wrestling shows. You got fucking doomsday prepper shows. Uh, on Instagram, Spiro underscore A, Darth underscore Spiridon, and that's it, guys. Very good, Spiro. Great always. But you can find all of us together at NFO underscore podcast on Twitter, New Force Order on Instagram, official New Force Order on Facebook, New Force Order at yahoo.com is the email address. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for giving us your ears and your time. Hopefully we entertained you and enlightened you. Um, I just want you guys to know out there, unlike Captain fucking Numbnuts in the Science Journal, we will never, ever, ever try to get ourselves over on the expense of Star Wars. We just want to get Star Wars more over with. This has been another action-packed, exciting episode of the New Force Order for life. And that's just too sweet. Henceforth, you shall be known as 
the new boss. Order.